Here's the thing. You can say whatever you want. You just can't say it to me. And watch your tone, too. Welcome back to Poor Life Decision. I'm Chris. And live from Salem, Massachusetts, I'm Doyen. Getting ready for Hocus Pocus 2. Okay, because I was like, <laughs> why? Sa- I mean, I, I mean, of course you hear Salem and you think witches, Halloween, yeah. all that good stuff. But okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I about... want to see it. I don't know. I have one forgiving, like, sequels a try. Yeah. I just love the original so much. Yeah. I've watched it at least twice this month. Um, but I will say Toy Story 4 gave one a run for its money. Girl, I and never so that's saw why... past one and I only saw one one time. So I you I I'm I can't I, I can't relate <laughs> to that analogy. Four is everything. <laughs> I might, I might try to watch it, but also Bette Midler just consistently puts her foot in her mouth and like mm-hmm. consistently makes us not like her. And so I can like override me not liking her in my brain by watching the old one. Cause that's the old her. Yeah. That's how yeah. I make that work. But um, I get it. I'm not I opposed to... to trying it out though. I just, <laughs> I get so scared of sequels and reboots and stuff. Cause like, don't mess up the thing I love. I mean, to be fair, they did all age like spoiled milk, but (laughs) so we'll go see how this goes. But, uh, you know, we shall see. (laughs) If I don't like it, the the original still exists and I can always watch it. So Mm -hmm. there's that. I did try to racism override Roseanne and I was like, I can't. I just can't. (laughs) <laughs> anymore <laughs> oh oh mm-mm. i was done with her from i mean and, and it wasn't hard to do because i didn't like i liked the earlier seasons of roseanne but like after they got rich and mm-hmm. stuff i didn't like that anyway so yeah wasn't hard for me to let go of her at all i don't I, think i paid attention after they got rich that was just it's weird <laughs> yeah, so what have you been up to this week and what are you drinking um so i was thinking about it mostly of course i watch my shows but i started this book and i'm having a hard time because i like the book but i also hate it at the same time because it's one of those books where like they start you off with like you know shit went down and then you have to walk back Uh in time Uh to the point where shit was down what i do love it's called you're invited and what i do love about it is like she's really into numbers so she's highly anxious human but like she'll glance at the time she's like 505 okay cool let me do the shit (laughs) or she'd be like 532 maybe not (laughs) so um it's still unfolding but um it's been a long time since i wrote a physical book so it's just an interesting new experience for me (laughs) is that is that the book that we were supposed to read for the book club Mm -mm. we're reading uh, Oh, uh, the wedding date. Oh, date invited. That's how I got those. I was like, it was mm-hmm. something with. Needless to say, I didn't fit. I didn't even start the book, but that's neither here nor there. And I don't know how I let that like run away from me. Even though y'all, I like text Dorian like a couple weeks ago. It's like, have we set the date? Because I wanted to be sure that I didn't mm-hmm. miss it, and I still missed it. It's fine. It's fine. It it was a hard <laughs> time because it was like. 
written by black women, but she also wrote about a black woman like white romances would have. And that was <laughs> really, really tough. Like she was a curvy black woman and the insecurity of her being curvy black women compared to all these white people that her guy was around which the guy was white as well it just well i could tell that from the cover that it was going to be like a interracial relationship but yeah but it was just like that kind of trope of like insecurity hurts a little bit more when it's a story written by a black woman and a white man (laughs) i just like to follow assignments but i did not this time and that is fine (laughs) that's fine (laughs) Okay, so, well, that sounds good. What else you got going on? Nothing. Um, Today was one of those two outfit fall days. So this morning, it was in the 60s, and I wore pants to take Roxy out. And then by afternoon, I'm like, it's hot. Let me wear some shorts. (laughs) So, classic. Yeah, classic Texas fall. But um, otherwise, you know. Just, you know, trying to warm up, snuggle up to the idea of fall and fall weather in the winter that's going to come. I want to say it's like our third winter La Nina. It's like even the weather has given the fuck up on us. (laughs) They're just like, whatever. We don't care. And I was just like, oh, this life. Anyways, uh, there are some really exciting news that we'll be talking later on on the podcast. So I'm not going to spend my whole life talking about that today because okay. we're going to talk about it later or at this moment um for my drink just like the weathers of texas i have two drinks for today so i have a lavender old-fashioned which is mostly just whiskey and some lavender liqueur which means it's extra strong and then i got um a beignet white wine from landon and winery for later on so that i'm not slurring this whole podcast episode smart smart (laughs) you know what we forgot to do last week the 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 did you call it the mental health check i forgot what you called it oh yeah so how are you (laughs) i'm so scrambled that i don't even check on my mental health (laughs) listen we can touch and agree I prior to the podcast, I made two of my like black girl magic drinks, which is just whiskey, wine, and a little splash of coke. So, so, so you came to the party lit. <laughs> yes, so I'm just telling you that this is this is the day. I hear you. I hear you. that I have experienced. <laughs> well, uh, I will start with my drink. So. I was just really cheap and quick. I stopped by the liquor store and I started to like really look for something new and different. And you know what I did? The opposite of that. I got a box wine, the Boda box, and it's the (laughs) Chardonnay, which is a little different because I don't typically drink Chardonnay that often. Um, Mm -hmm. But I thought I'll try something different. So uh, that's what I'm drinking tonight. And this week, um oh let me tell you so i went last week to get a to get a cleaning teeth cleaning mm-hmm. and moment of transparency this was my first time going since pandemic so i've not been to the dentist for cleaning since early 2019 because i was scared to go in there with my mouth wide open 
and somebody breathed COVID down my throat. So mm-hmm. I was just like, you know, whatever. So I get to the dentist and mind you, before I went, everything is fine. Everything is fine. Mm-hmm. Everything is not fine. And now my teeth hurt and I have to go back to the dentist Friday to get some mm-hmm. work done. But none of this was an issue before y'all started digging around in my mouth. <laughs> I also want to say, like, the tech and the dentist both spent the first, like, half of the visit just praising me on how clean my teeth are. If mm-hmm. you don't have a water pick, get you one. That is your sale for a water pick. Um, I've had one for some years now, since, so like, maybe... 2011 2012 I had a root canal and I ended up getting one after that and mm-hmm. the, the um the dental assistant was like I'm just gonna be honest when I saw that it had been a couple years since she'd been in for a cleaning I really was bracing myself for the worst she was mm-hmm. like but they ain't hella judgy yes. <laughs> if you don't see them enough <laughs> she was like but your teeth are really clean she was like I mean like she's like the only thing she had to do was like maybe some little work below my gum line but she was like mm-hmm. whatever you're doing keep it up and I was like oh well I use a water pick and she's like oh I love those yes keep mm-hmm. doing that so there's your there's your sign if you were wondering should I get this get it and get the water pick get that name brand because I've had one of the I tried to get one of like the little handheld flosser which I think water pick does make a handheld one but I got a smaller one it didn't give the same force. I ended up, that was a waste of money. I ended up chunking it and going back to my water pick. So, anywho, <laughs> now I have to go back to the dentist um, this week and get work done when I have a crack in my tooth that I didn't even know was there <laughs> and was not bothering me. But now my whole fucking mouth hurts. <laughs> like, <laughs> whatever y'all cleaned out was clearly protecting me. And so mm-hmm. now I have to get all this work done. So, anywho, um, other than that, everything's been, you know, it's been what it's been. Uh, I'm going to tell you what has been bringing me joy lately. I forgot to mention it last week. Y'all know I love TikTok babies. Now I've really been enjoying watching the the babies, like, I think it's called soft weaning. So mm-hmm. they're just kind of letting them decide what they want, how they want to eat. And like, they always give them like, you know, foods that they can pick up on their own. There's this one baby. Mom is trying to teach her how to use a utensil. Sometimes she uses it. Sometimes she doesn't. But a lot of times she'll take it and just throw it and then just go in with her hands. Mm-hmm. And I don't like messes. So I don't know why I'm enjoying this, but I'm really enjoying watching these babies learn how to eat, and discover what they do and don't like. I would say my Nigerian soul, I'm pretty sure my mom has fed me and every child she's come in contact with, poo-poo. Because <laughs> it's such a soft food. Like I can, like, after dental surgery, I can still eat poo-poo because it's yeah. just so soft. <laughs> so, but also when you said the babies, I was like, oh, not this nigga. And then you're like, oh, babies. <laughs> <laughs> I like I don't want to talk about him ever again. <laughs> no, no. We're sick of him. He's irrelevant. He's trying to be relevant and babe, nobody cares. Nobody likes you anymore. Sorry, you mm-hmm. blew it. You had a chance. 
You mm-hmm. had a chance and you blew it. Now I'm seeing Rihanna in my head. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you watched any good shows lately? Um, I just want to tell Hot D, enough with the fucking rats. Enough with the rats. <laughs> and I get it. God, I get it. I understand. I know there's some theories floating around. Maybe a little green scene or warging going on. Also, maybe it's just metaphorical. I, but enough with the rats. I will mm-hmm. say that because I watch television with closed captioning, I was able to see it say rat squeaking. And so I was able to look away before the rat actually came up on the screen. <laughs> enough with the rats. Enough. <laughs> I will say I watched... I guess a recent episode of um, She-Hulk. Oh, and I haven't just even gotten, started it yet. It just got really, really... Okay, whip out that wine glass. <laughs> and don't talk about my full wine glass. I might say, what the nigga pour. <laughs> but, it's, but it's because I was like, I was like, Dory is going to call me out on my nigga pour my glass. But I didn't want to have to go back and forth. And it's a box, so I didn't want to bring it in here, so... I just it's okay. put, no judgment here <laughs> because I normally bring I mean I normally bring stuff to make another glass I don't have a problem doing it but I didn't want to mm-hmm. bring that big box in here so I just I was going a healthy pour <laughs> I was gonna mention when you mentioned I was like it like me has a good box it's a good box one <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know? I love box wine tell me Boda is top tier to me it but. is. I feel fancy. Because, <laughs> listen, normally I buy that. What is it? Francia? Francie? No. <laughs> At our good, big age. Listen, they, I, I really get a headache like thinking about that. I, I know, right? It really does give you a headache. But I like their sangria. I like their sangria. I like using their sangria as a base to mm-hmm. build a sangria. So I'll buy that often. It. But I feel like grown and responsible when I buy Boda. Yellowtail yeah. does a box too, and it's it's cheap like Yellowtail is. So mm-hmm. that's like I'm sort of grown up, but I feel really grown up when I buy Boda box. <laughs> yeah, I think I used to buy Boda, especially when I lived by myself, because it was like you know, <laughs> it's ten thirty. I'm not ten thirty. Fine, three thirty in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just pour myself a sip. You never know. But um yeah, so um I definitely I am a big fan of the Boda. Uh-huh. Um but yeah, I I wanna what am I watching? I'm watching Parks and Rec. I am stimming when it comes to a TV show, and that's what I'm watching. <laughs> um again, I don't know. <laughs> but I didn't so get fine. to watch uh the latest episode of serpent queen last night but mm-hmm. i'm probably gonna try to i said i was gonna try to watch it tonight but i y'all i'm dog tired boss <laughs> so i don't know if i'm gonna make it tonight either but one day this week i will catch up on serpent queen because it's really good yeah and then of course i'm re-watching um <laughs> the good fight which is still stimming as a tv show but anyways we'll be fine <laughs> all righty you ready to current events? Of course I am. I saw a tweet and it was like, Beyonce and Rihanna giving this music, like, the world is healing. And that's how I feel. 
uh, Rihanna uh, posted a picture with her hand, which is a beautiful tattoo, by the way, holding a football, and she's performing at the 2023 Super Bowl halftime show. Mm-hmm. Of course, because as Twitter people, we just do not know how to take anything serious whatsoever. <laughs> um, people are already making jokes about her, like sharing all her fancy beauty. Yes. yes. <laughs> For 2024, people talking about it's going to be a Savage Fancy show, which, by the way, NFL hates women and their bodies, so probably not. But I'm just saying that if you watch Savage Fancy shows, they are a production. You hear me? A production. Yes. But um, Um, what was what's her? I don't. I always say her name wrong. Normani, Normani, Normani. You know what I'm talking about. You know I say everybody's name wrong. But you know who I'm talking about, right? (laughs) Mm-hmm. That was the last time I watched the Fenty show in full, and mm-hmm. all I'm saying is them titties was tittying. And if if did no other titties tell me to get me a Fenty bra, Normani's the it. It was a production. Mm-hmm. I believe I watched last year's show, and what I tell you, I loved everybody's body in the show. Mm-hmm. But how, how do I love everybody? <laughs> Fenty, skinny, thick, male, Fenty. female, everything. <laughs> It was, I keep putting stuff in my Savage Fancy cart. I still have it pressed go. But you know, it's going to happen one of these days. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, give me a a, a Cowboys lingerie set, even though we ain't going to be in anybody's Cowboy Super Bowl. lingerie? Girl, it's just, next year's our year. Leave me alone. <laughs> I mean, I have, I do not watch the football like that. So I no judgment. <laughs> I just, that was just oddly specific. Well, I used to have, well, it was back when I was a Giants fan for some reason. So I used to have like my little Giants shirt and booty shorts from Victoria's Secret. So I'm just saying, if she wants to bless me with a Cowboys lingerie set, get it, girl. (laughs) Anyways, um, I'm so excited (laughs) for her. And somebody was talking about the other day about like a Coldplay show. NFL. I was like, yeah, that's when all the black people were like boycotting <laughs> NFL oh. and not performing their show. Yeah, because so she was, was like, she was asked before and she mm-hmm, said and no. she declined. Mm-hmm. So you oh. know, I, I I'm excited. I'm ready to see her. Um, I love her. I love the the mommy pics. I keep seeing of her. I love mm-hmm. the pics of her with her mommy body. She mm-hmm. listen. You talking about fine? That good fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually have a friend that's uh, in her last trimester and Rihanna also um, and she listens to podcasts all the time but Rihanna also inspired just having your belly out and I'm mm-hmm. like if I'm pregnant I'm gonna have my belly out y'all just go ahead and do it mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but um, yeah I'm just really excited about it I'm not pressuring her for her album but if she just wants to drop us a little bit of stuff you know i i'm willing to accept whatever the rihanna gives me that's all i'm saying that's that is where i am at this point just whatever you give me please give me some and i'm just gonna accept whatever it is Uh, i'm just saying like the postpartum like fire that she's gonna bring us Mm. i'm so excited But we're super, super duper excited just to even see Rihanna again. Just because, you know, she's been chilling. Uh, anyways, um, so 
funny enough, the last time I watched Big Brother, it was because I was really excited because they had like, I think it was Celebrity Big Brother and they had like, maybe, no, it wasn't. Celebrity Big Brother, Tamar won and I had to watch that just to figure out how she won. (laughs) And then the next one, there was a whole Black Alliance. But now Taylor Hale makes the Big Brother history as the first Black woman to win. But she says, I'm not a victim, I am a victor, which reminds me of the good song that Cheryl Lee Ralph mm-hmm. sang for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Say we ain't gonna sing no victim song. <laughs> you know, I've never watched Big Brother. Never. But when I saw this on my timeline, I was like, ooh, this is big. <laughs> this is one of the shows me and my mom used to watch. We also used to watch Desperate Housewives and <laughs> Bachelor. Oh, I used to ago. love Desperate Housewives. <laughs> oh! So it was just one of those shows we watched. And uh, like I said, when they said Tamar would, I was like, first of all, last I checked, nobody liked Tamar. So I had to watch that whole season. And then I watched the season with the, it, again, it, I never started the beginning. But once I find out that Black people win it, that's when I watch it. <laughs> But I'm so, so happy for her. And she is super gorgeous. Her her Black girl joy is just everything. <laughs> um, And she takes over $800,000. I want to know how I can get on the show and just tell my job that I'm not going to be there for a while. <laughs> oh, how does I would this work? Get, it, it, it wouldn't be worth it for me. I would get sent home quite, quite, quite early. Very certain. Probably. Like I I am for a very peculiar taste in humans. <laughs> so I'm not loved by all, but the people who love me love the shit out of me. And so I don't know how far I'll get with big but I'm good at making friends. <laughs> I don't and even lying. it's not even about like likability for me. I just competition shows, I just know I'm no good at that sort of thing. And mm-mm. and I don't mm-hmm. like because you gotta play it's you gotta play the game, and I'm not mm-hmm. good at that, and I'm gonna refuse to do it, and then I'm gonna get sent home, or they may find me refreshing, and I stay and mm-hmm. win, but I'll probably get sent home uh beyonce, I very much <coughs> connect with the fact when she says she plays a victim and a villain at the same time, <coughs> yes, that's me, yes, that's <laughs> me, <laughs> but also like. My line sisters used to stress me the fuck out playing taboo. I'm like, why are y'all yelling? <laughs> why I am extremely she? competitive. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm like, let's all get along except for when I'm not. I just you can't ex- you can't even expect to know what I'm gonna do because it's just really how I feel at the moment. So <laughs> Okay. This this is a fool. Um, but I also identify it with because I also hold a lot of grudges. But a man with 48 year old grudge caught peeing on XY's grave every day by her kids. Every day. Like, <laughs> do you wake up and you're like, oh, I got to pee. Let me go pee on her grave. <laughs> Pretty much. It seems like it. But um, yeah, so he pees on it every day. Her kids are furious. Uh, when they discovered bags of poop left at the final resting place, which I'm like, okay, so you're doing both? Like, that's a lot. 
<laughs> um, but the family's angry. They feel like getting out and killing him. And I'm just like, it's one of those things where he has to get it out, but also. I still want to know what <laughs> she did to him. I, I want to know why. <laughs> you know, men can't handle their own, you know, they can't handle what other people cheat. <laughs> but that was, that was a whole mess. I don't <laughs> Truthfully, I'm like that's a that's a commitment to wake up every day and go. So he's going <laughs> super early in the morning, and he's taking his current wife with him. Now the wife, the ex-wife, they were married for a very brief amount of time, and mm. apparently, well, I think one of her children is his, but the 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 bulk of the kids aren't his, and they mm-hmm. caught him, and they have no idea why he's doing this. Like they, they were married and I think it said like the seventies and mm-hmm. very briefly at that and then got divorced and the mom just passed away like 2017, mm-hmm. 2018, something like that. And then here he comes. So you've held this all this time. And I just want to know what did she do? And the son, <laughs> the son that caught him <laughs> was like, I can't get my wife to go bowling with me. How he get his wife to get up with him every morning at five o'clock in the morning to come pee on somebody's grave? Like, but yeah, that's yeah, that was the, crazy. That's a that's a thing, level of grudge holding that I hope I never acquire. I mean, I can't get out and go every day anywhere except for my toilet. But um, he said, I don't know if the man owns a dog or is just shitting in a bag himself or is just getting some dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, it's it's so weird that it's just it's weird. Like, anyways, men love to hold some grudges. That and is that is a, a that is oh, I I can get up for a job and to take this dog out because I don't want her shitting or peeing in my house. That's about it. <laughs> I don't want to think about nobody that many years. <laughs> Whether love, like, hate, none of it. I don't want to think about one singular person that many years. Uh, if you're a grudge holder though you're like there's people that have like passive grudges over from like college <laughs> no and it's not like I'm gonna get up and pee on the grades but at the same time it's, it's just there um I'm not working through it it's just there <laughs> I the only grudge I have is against my parents for not recognizing my star quality as a child and enrolling me in some kind of a uh, school for performing arts for or or for my mom for not making me go to a school for performing arts when I had the opportunity to go but I didn't want to go because I wanted to stay and date dope boys mm-hmm. yeah and I am she should have made me that. go yes. so but, um, that's the only no. grudge I hold like I don't I, that's that's just a lot of years and dedication yeah people are like oh don't hold a grudge because it holds so much out of you and I'm like no i I could hold a grudge for the stupidest reason. I I have a lot of, um, like, you know, like I had a co um, a neighbor who yelled at me for leaving the garbage bag outside a garbage can because it's full, 
I still call her HOA Karen. Like we're still we're cool now. I'm still gonna call her HOA Karen because she came at me wrong the first time. So I just have a lot of like tiny vendettas for people. I'm not gonna do anything about it, but I just I'm like you wronged me, which is why I've been seeing an ad for um a book of grievances, and I would love to have that book. In yeah. fact, today, my grievance of today was the fact that people keep calling purple onions red. And I'm like, it's not red. What are y'all talking about? <laughs> you know, I heard, I saw, uh, when I used to, when I started watching uh, Tab Brown, when I started watching Miss Tabitha, mm-hmm. and she was saying red onion, although it's really purple, swear to God, I had never heard anybody call that a red onion before. I have, I have only, I have only heard purple onion because that's what it is. That's what I've never heard anybody call it a red onion before. The grocery store doesn't call it a red onion. They probably do, and I just never paid attention because I mean I don't, I know what it looked like. <laughs> like when I was younger, I would get like lettuce and cabbage confused, so I'd have to read. But I know what onions are. I never read. I just go and grab them. Like, I do not recall Oof. hearing people say that. So, like, I was like, is this is this common? Yeah. Yeah. Well, cabbage and lettuce, I understand that. Also, there was one time as a child, this is even before I knew I hated parsley. I thought I picked up cilantro. It was mm. parsley. That was a very disappointing day in my childhood. Mm. And that was before I knew I hated parsley. <laughs> <laughs> so... Even then, little Doya knew that that was not the right one. <laughs> Anyways, um, so next up, um, Narcan, which is um, a what do you call it, antidote to overdoses, has been rec- supplied in L.A. school district. Um, to some extent, I know people are like, uh, California has high taxes, but I'm just tired of living in a red state. I just, I just want to be in a blue state, and so now that's one of the things that I'm planning to do with my life. The whole place is a dumpster like... fire. I, I just, <laughs> I, I can't be fixated on blue and red because everybody's disappointing me. So this is true. I mean, we are in a blue administration, and it is, anyways. Um, but anyways, so they found they like you know a lot of kids, and even in Texas, I'm aware. Um, because my boyfriend works in education, I'm aware of kids, kids being like addicted to fentanyl. First of all, I didn't even know how to spell it. <laughs> and I had to learn how to spell it in the past year. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm so sad that they're having that issue. But at the same time, it's not, it, fentanyl is awful, but it's not like we couldn't save lives if we had access, if people had access to anti-overdose drugs mm-hmm. um but at the same time being in the red state that i'm in they'd rather not it's just like people insisting on teaching abstinence versus safe sex yes we don't mm-hmm. want children to do drugs but these kids aren't doing anything that we didn't do you as an individual may have not have done it but as a generation they're not doing anything that anybody else hadn't done Mm-hmm. it's just there's new dangers in the game mm-hmm. and even if all they're doing is smoking weed people are lacing weed with fentanyl like i don't even smoke mm-hmm. with somebody that i well i've never smoked with anybody that i don't know but mm-hmm. i've gotten to the point now where 
if somebody didn't bring me something back from a dispensary, I'm I'm real mm, yeah. Because you just never know. And so mm-hmm. like just normal teenage curiosity and these babies are dying over it. Why not have something that could save their lives? And the other thing I love about it is they're actually investing in educational campaign to yeah. teach students and residents to the dangers of fentanyl use. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping they do more than like what they taught us, which was don't do drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is very similar to the abstinence movement where it's still like don't do sex. Yeah. Like exactly. at least understand like, okay, if somebody gives you weed and you look at it and it looks a little weird, maybe not. Listen. I am a graduate of the D.A.R.E. program. I saw the funniest TikTok the other day. (laughs) And she was like, to them motherfuckers who was calling me a pothead, and then she put her D.A.R.E. certificate up in the camera. (laughs) I really feel like I was like the vice president of like our anti-drug association. Oh my God, no, I was not. High school. (laughs) Oh no! You Actually, know, I didn't. I didn't do anything like anti-drug in high school. We did dare pretty early, like mm-hmm. middle school. It started with Red Ribbon Week in elementary, and then as mm-hmm. we got older. But I remember, like, going to all the little programs for dare, and I remember going, "I am never doing drugs. That is ridiculous. Marijuana is a gateway drug. First is marijuana, <laughs> then it's crack." And now look at me. No. <laughs> First is marijuana, and then I can afford cocaine. Um. It's like so. Like now, it's I. I listen. I remember even being like, I am never drinking hard alcohol. Maybe the wine cooler. Maybe <laughs> that's because I would see my mom drink wine coolers. Maybe a daiquiri because I would see my mom drink daiquiri. Other than that, Had no it. hard alcohol. And now I'm like. I'm pretty sure I'll never do meth. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure heroin with a needle in my veins is where I draw the line. Yeah, I don't know where my veins are. If, <laughs> even though, like, they're my veins. Oh, I have, like, beautiful oh, veins. I have beautiful veins. Oh, no, no. It's a surprise every time. Mine sit um, up nice and fat and they stay mm-hmm. still while you poke them. Nurses love me. <laughs> the last nurse. She got me, but, like, I also had a bruise. I actually should go get a oh, test. bless your heart. But I'm dark skinned. I don't bruise <laughs> often. So I was like, what happened? Like, I can still see this bruise, which is ridiculous because it was like a month ago, but it's like much smaller now. So I'm like, maybe I shouldn't get like a tattoo arrow there because maybe we shouldn't use that area. Yeah. But, anyways, um, well, I went to Christian school. So we like to pretend that drugs and sex didn't exist. And then when I went to MSMS, uh, my the leader that or professor I supported, uh, she was over the anti-drug situation. Um, she's actually from. Uh, we'll talk about her later, but I love her. But uh, so I would do stuff just to help her. But I didn't even do drugs in college. I waited till I was an adult, doing master's degree. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Most of my friends started with weed in high school. I did not in high school. I did. I really didn't do much of anything in high school. But it wasn't because I was like, it wasn't because I was scared or anything, um, because I was around it all the time. But mm-hmm. it was just because I was almost always the driver. So I just, 
I mean, I, I literally was the driver always. And so I just didn't really do much. Um, but I made up for it when I got to college. Big time. I will say, I didn't do drugs. I've never done drugs. <laughs> I've done drugs. <laughs> and you know what? It probably was important. Because um, I, I forgot about that. It probably was important to have an anti-drug uh, um, organization or something at MSMS mm -hmm. because you've got high school kids on a college campus. So mm -hmm. it probably was important to try to do something to at least make kids aware if they're not aware, you know, kids staying away from home. I can I can see that being important. I can see that being important. No, I think the badass, me, but I can see it. Being I, important. Yeah, I was about to say I, I think the badass fights were doing it all, but I was just insulated Listen, in my social circles. So. I was trying <laughs> to explain that um, during, I think it's season one of Euphoria, to like Robin and Shonda that like the white kids were doing powder in school. Kids were doing this in school, and they mm -hmm. had now Robin was aware, but Shonda mm -hmm. was like, I had no idea. I'm like, girl, right. yes. Yes. They used to have parties there. They was completely I was just... drunk. And see, I used to go to the white girl parties. We used to <laughs> we used to go to the parties and them, and I would be like, "Girl, I am used to weed, and that is it. That is it." <laughs> Even alcohol, like I think they were drinking. Like they had like a gazebo because it was on the W campus. So they'd be like drinking alcohol in their Sonic cups. I'm like, nobody invited me to these parties, so I had a pretty pure experience for some reason <laughs> oh yeah we, we were definitely drinking alcohol in sonic cups but you know i i learned my lesson early about that too <laughs> you know anyways uh so we had to talk about fuck ass Brett Favre. um um he i just fucking hate him anyways so he collected millions in welfare money to fund a Volleyball arenas, um, Southern Mississippi, as well as I know in the past we talked, well, not in the past, but I've read about how he was collecting money and not even showing up to the events and trying to pretend that he didn't know. But um, the attorneys for Buckass, Mississippi, former Mississippi governor, and cousin to the bitch that lied about Emmett Till, uh, <laughs> say text messages show Far reached out to Brian in 2019 regarding financing a potential indoor indoor practice facility at his alma mater. This after already taking about five million dollars for the arena. Uh, all I have to say there is just fuck Brett Far. Just Damn. that's it. Fuck him. Well, that's it. <laughs> I that's it I do feel like I don't know like I just want to know no I don't fuck him I was about to say yeah. I want to know what's wrong with his brain because mm -hmm. you literally could have just written the check for this and written it off of course mm -hmm. millionaires don't pay taxes anyway so I mean I guess it wasn't that big of a deal to him but I just it's it's and the former governor showing his text messages, mm -hmm. sir, you don't fool These me. These ain't loyal. You don't fool me at all. He he did that on purpose. He the the way he worded his response was very much so on purpose, and the mm -hmm. fact that he is giving that up now because this ain't got nothing to do with what they were investigating. 
This is a mm-hmm. whole different situation that actually never ended up happening. So, sir, what are you trying to do? Okay, you did that on purpose, and I really don't like you. Mm-hmm. I will say, um, growing up in Mississippi, um, when it came to defrauding um, social services, I never knew of Black people who did that. The main ones I saw was that place outside of Columbus uh, where the quote-unquote rich white people live and people would be on like social services driving around Cadillacs. That's a whole different story. Um, But also former Mississippi Department of Human Services Director John Davis pled guilty to conspiring to defraud the state of Mississippi out of more than $70 million in federal funds on Thursday. But at the same time, Mississippi was the first one to talk about wanting to tax people from student loan forgiveness. And they keep talking about how um, they feel like tax dollars are being taken away to fund the elite. Girl, fuck when... you. I wasn't going to pay them loans no way. Like, that's how I feel. <laughs> Everybody and that's play. the thing about it. A, a huge group of people who had taken a lot of student debt to get, like, higher degrees are teachers that y'all don't want to fucking pay right right <laughs> which are not elite because y'all don't pay them shit <laughs> exactly i mean like i pay my student loans enough so that it doesn't mm-hmm. negatively impact me mm-hmm. i don't I pay will... them enough to ever pay them off i don't i don't know if that's ever going to happen and it used to stress me out it still stressed me out sometimes because mm-hmm. i do want to go back to school but I'm I will not take out another loan and so it's like that's an issue. But I, I decided that I'ma live my life and I'ma live it abundantly. If you can clip uh break my soul here, release the stress. <laughs> because yes i'm like "Mm, it's okay um i will say fuck um tmz for in their related articles they're like brett flores says he suffered thousands of concussions in nfl career to which i say i don't give a fuck nobody give a fuck (laughs) (laughs) like you already see what you just said up there and then you want to share this anyways (laughs) if i could i'd kick him in the head right now today (laughs) um so that was um, what we have for our current events. So we're going to take a really quick break. It will be right back. All righty. We're back and it's time for us to move right along to our someone something. Someone so. something. So, this week, we are going to talk about Black women in the spirit industry, or what I like to call my personal sheroes. Uh, We have four different women that we're going to briefly cover, so I'm just going to tell you a little little bit about each, each one of these beautiful Black women, and I'm going to share with you what their advice is for um, 
jumping into the industry. The article contains a lot more information, so if you are interested, as always, it will be in the show notes. Please check it out. Okay, I was just going to say to start, when we were talking about spirits, I was talking, thinking about the spiritual realm, and then I realized it was alcohol, <laughs> which I still love for us, but... <laughs> I just, just want you to know how I operate. <laughs> and this is where we are, ladies and gentlemen. This is where we are. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about our first wonderful uh, Black woman hero, Nayana Ferguson of Antil Tequila. Nayana Ferguson is what happens when your passion aligns with your purpose. Tequila is personal. For this businesswoman as a pancreatic cancer and breast cancer survivor. Her journey made her very intentional about what she puts in her body. Nayana taught us that because tequila is a spirit that is made from the agave plant, it is naturally gluten-free, and it is also low in carbs, sugar, and calories. Nayana has truly leaned into her purpose with her desire to educate people on the benefits of tequila and change the stereotypical thought of what tequila is. Now, her advice for women who want to get into this industry, my advice for any woman who wants to jump into the spirits game is to do your research and jump in. You will not know everything, but do not let that stop you from moving forward, as you will learn along the way. If it's possible, find someone who you may be able to talk about some of the ins and outs of the spirit industry. Otherwise, you have to be fearless when entering the spirits industry, as there are so many brands that are on the market. You have to have confidence in your vision and what you create for the world. Our next hero, Miss Samara Rivers of Black Bourbon Society. Samara Rivers started the Black Bourbon Society when she noticed a lack of marketing geared toward POC in the spirits industry. The self-proclaimed chief bourbon enthusiast, oh, I love that, created right. the Black I Bourbon Society. <laughs> created the Black <laughs> Bourbon Society to galvanize upscale African American professionals nationwide who had a taste for the finer things in life, but were virtually untapped by the emerging trend of indulging in premium spirits. Through exclusive events, curated dinner pairings, and private whiskey tastings in markets such as Atlanta, L.A., Chicago, BBS encourages members to enjoy good bourbon, network with like-minded bourbon lovers, and gain a deeper appreciation for America's native spirit. She explained in a 2019 interview with We'll drink for travel. So here's her advice for those of you who may be thinking about getting into the spirits game. Like Nike says, just do it. If you don't have a seat at the table, be prepared to bring your own chair. But overall, you'll see there are plenty of opportunities to seize in this industry. You just have to be bold enough to want it. I know that's right. I will say that like when it comes to whiskey... To some extent, I think it started with us, especially when it comes to like Jack Daniels. And the guy who taught Jack Daniels how to brew whiskey was a former slave. And so like, I think I'm glad that we're reclaiming this space, but it's like, it was our space to begin with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
And that's why she calls it our negative. Like, it's us. Mm-hmm. It's us. Okay. Our next hero, our next shero, is Miss Joy Spence of Appleton Estate, Jamaica Rum. If you Google Joy Spence, you'll quickly see that she is the first woman to hold the position of Master Blender in the spirits industry globally. Golly! Mm-hmm. Her love for chemistry led her to become one of the most renowned pioneers in the world. Over the course of her decade-spanning career, Spence has been at the helm of creating some of the finest rums the world has to offer, including, but not limited to, the Appleton Estate Rare Blend 12-Year-Old. Mm. I think I am one of the fortunate few who are able to use science and technology to create spirit, both literally and figuratively, in the world. Spence shared during a 2018 award ceremony. At Appleton, we have been able to blend rich Jamaican rum, making heritage with cutting-edge technology to create some of the finest brands in the world. I will continue to spread the joy of rum globally and, by extension, promote brand Jamaica. I know that's right. And her mm-hmm. advice, to those of you who may be thinking about uh, getting into the spirits world, my advice to women aspiring to jump into the spirit game is to embrace the challenge. Focus on your craft, exude passion, be creative, become a sponge for knowledge, and the sky is the limit. And, and again, I will say, rum is one of those things that was our shit. <laughs> They're really good at. And our final shiro of this topic, well, for today, because I'm sure there are plenty more out there. Miss mm-hmm. Chanel Turner of Faudre. I hope I am pronouncing that right. If not, please forgive me, Miss Chanel. From Pentagon web developer to the first African American woman to head a vodka company. Chanel Turner is no stranger to hard work. She was not happy with the underwhelming taste of vodka. I know that's right. So, Mm -hmm. like black women do, she pulled up to make her own. Testing over 80 formulas, this CEO was determined to create a spirit that didn't need to be paired with something else. Mm. Chanel invested all of her savings to create Faux Dre. Which is which is in more than thirty liquid stores, liquid, which is in more than thirty liquor stores in the D.C. area, as well as in several other states and overseas in Singapore. Go ahead, Miss Chanel. And her <laughs> advice: I would recommend that one finds a support network and make strategic alliances because you cannot do this solo. When I first entered this industry, I found myself alone looking for support and mentorship. Unable to find such resources, I ended up mentoring myself. Because women are the minority in this industry, we have to find ways to come together. Amen. So um, I just really like this. I like what I see happening uh, in the spirits world. I know that um, mm. I know that Doyen has personally like introduced us to several Black-owned brands Um having access to bigger and better liquor stores. Um, And I just like seeing these women take like the helm and, you know, they're not doing a sponsorship. Like they're not the Mm -hmm. face of a label. This is their Mm -hmm. brand. So that just really excited me. My, my dream is to do 
I'm I'm a black girl that loves craft beer. So my dream yes. is to do a craft beer brand. My little sister is a chemical engineer, so I think she can help me with the chemics of it. Mm. As well as I'm like highly I don't think chemics is a word. But anyways, I'm highly into flavors and tastes and things like that, which is why I like pumpkin beer. And so that that is hundred percent always my dream is to create and I'm great with the marketing and stuff like that, but to create like a great beer for us and everybody else in the world. <laughs> and I would try it. <laughs> I, okay, nobody steal my patent, but like, especially because I love very floral gins, I wonder if I could bring that into the brew space. Who knows? We'll see. I mean, <laughs> I feel like you could. Mm-hmm. Not to say that I've, it's the same thing, but you know, Apple Orchard exists and mm-hmm. it's floral so yeah it's like something about like tasting and relaxation relaxation in your mouth <laughs> mm. but yeah i think uh, relaxation yeah. in your mouth yeah so i think it's 100 percent, especially as black women understanding that the world is ours for the taking right. and just trying shit out that's all i can say all right well, mm-hmm. let's move on to tonight's poor life decision. Poor life decision. So, as always, I just take things that I am going through and turn it into a topic for the show. <laughs> so, I recently um, had a situation at work where someone who I considered a friend said something about me behind my back. And not only what she said was... Well, not only was it untrue, but it was nasty. And she said it to my supervisor about me. And Mm -hmm. so I've really been trying to like figure out how to navigate that. So tonight we're going to talk about reasons why people talk about you behind your back and what to do about it. I will say I am very paranoid, even with the friends that I know who love me. They're like, they hate me. <laughs> they're just nice to me in my face so uh this will be a great reason to try to process this and my paranoia maybe <laughs> so um how do you know if people are talking about you behind your back i mean you don't right because it's behind your back and once you find out that they are what are you gonna do about it and you know the article starts out by saying it's one thing if they're talking about you know, a surprise, like a surprise party, something that you're going to like. But it's something else if they're saying things that they know that you would not like. What kind of person is friendly to your face but bad mouths you behind your back? So let's start with that question. People who talk about you behind your back generally do so for one of the following reasons. They're angry with you about something but don't want to tell you to your face. They're jealous and want to take you down a peg, but in a passive-aggressive way. Or they're insecure and feel the need to punish you for making them feel inferior. Now, granted, that last one makes it sound like you're responsible for their actions, but you are not. They may be so used to blaming others for the way they feel that they've forgotten they have the same power you have. No one can make someone else feel inferior. Like, you can't. People can hurt your feelings, but they can't make you feel inferior. When people talk behind your back, it says more about them than about you. 
And what it often says is that they're struggling with their own identity and self-confidence. So why do people talk behind your back? The fact is gossip has a place in every culture, but it's still worth looking into the reasons behind it. Once you know that, you can decide on what to do about it. And I will say that like, I'm the type of person that I, whether it's right or wrong, I don't see anything wrong with what I call innocent gossip. And maybe gossip in itself just should not be innocent. Maybe the whole concept is bad. But I don't have a problem with, I don't see anything wrong with sitting around with my friends or my cousins to be more specific and us drinking and just kind of talking a little cash shit. I don't really see anything wrong with that. What I do Mm -hmm. try to steer away from is tearing people down because Mm -hmm. I don't like that. And I don't like talking about someone. I, I don't let's just keep going because <laughs> it's difficult to explain okay number one they're used to talking about people behind their backs like it's something that they're just used to doing some people are just so used to talking about other people even people that they love that they're quick to join in a conversation about your aggravating habits or something you said the other day that surprised or offended them for some people this is just a bad habit mm. Number two. Okay, I don't know how to pronounce this word. <laughs> Listen, I've been drinking since inveterate. <laughs> They're inveterate? I don't know. They're gossips. <laughs> and they will use anything about you as a gossip prompt. Behind their gossip is, if not ill will, at least a casual disregard for the way their words might affect you or anyone else they talk about behind their backs. Gossip is their favorite guilty pleasure, though they may not feel guilty over it. It may just be something they do to make themselves seem more interesting or worthy of attention. And I've definitely been around people like that. Number three. And to some extent, I think especially within our society is like people we love talking mad shit <laughs> yeah i don't know if it's really really hardcore like i hate you or i just like talking shit you know yeah yeah number three they're angry with you about something but not ready to talk to you about it this person could be a friend who's angry with you because of something you've said or done or not done but for one of the following reasons they won't call call you out you know to your face They want someone else's validation before talking to you about it. They're so angry. They are afraid that they'll say something um, to you that they'd regret. Or they don't expect you to understand or validate what they're feeling. Um, Number four, they don't like you. I I will say three, I may identify to some extent just because like a lot of times when my feelings are hurt, they're really for small reasons. But I don't, there's a lot of people I come in contact with that hurt my feelings and I'm not willing to tell them how they hurt my feelings because I don't feel like they'll be accepted. (laughs) And so I just talk big shit. But anyways, go ahead. (laughs) Number four, they don't like you and are happy to join in when people are bad mouthing you. Not everyone will like you no matter how easy you are to like. Some folks will see things in you that they don't like, and it often has more to do with what they see in themselves. Mm. Still, they may not be self-aware enough to recognize that. 
And I'm not someone, like, I understand that, like, everybody doesn't like everybody. Mm-hmm. And I understand that I am, I am a very strong person. Most people don't feel lukewarm about me. Most people either like me or they don't. And I get that. Mm-hmm. But every time I come to the realization that someone doesn't like me, I'm fucking perplexed. What do you mean? What is <laughs> right. there not to like? Any <laughs> like, reason to dislike me? What the fuck is your problem? <laughs> I'm like, I'm awesome sauce. What are you? What is there something wrong? Did you bump your head? I will say the person that I thought of when I saw this was Lena Dunham. I fucking hate her, and I'm willing to deal with any person who also hates her. <laughs> Too <Touché. laughs> Number five, they feel compelled to vent about something you've said or done. Um, and we all need to vent sometimes. And sometimes that venting will be about someone in your life, whether they're a friend, family member, or someone you barely know. If you find out someone you considered a trusted friend is talking about you behind your back, um, and what they said sounds a lot like venting, it's probably time to have a heart-to-heart. Now, I don't particularly consider that to be talking about me behind my back Mm -hmm. um i look at venting completely different and Mm -hmm. i think that if we are friends one thing i do like to do if i have a friend that has has aggrieved me in a way that i want to vent about it but not in a way that i want to address it Mm -hmm. i'm gonna vent but i try to vent to someone who actually like really knows us both because i Mm -hmm. Because I want it to be someone who won't just automatically take my side. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I want I want mm-hmm. to be fair. So even in my venting, I do want to be fair. When we're talking about someone I love and care about. Yeah. Five and three really tie very strongly to me, I yeah. think. It's about, like, sometimes when you want to vent, because you're not ready to be that emotionally vulnerable yeah. with that person. So... They just really tied strongly to me. And that last point about if you find out that a friend was venting about you, it may be time for a heart-to-heart. That is a not mm-hmm. always an easy decision to make, but I've definitely made it before because it was like, mm-hmm. okay, this friendship is important to me. I want to salvage this, and we need to figure out what it is because I don't know what I'm doing. And this is real life. Like This, is real, this really happened. I didn't know mm-hmm. what I was doing to make her feel like I was against her. So we need to talk about it so that we clear everything up. I will say for me, there's a lot of people, again, I have <laughs> silent vendettas about, but I don't think our relationship is strong enough to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm really good about compartmentalizing my relationships. Oh, like yeah. If, 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 if you did something and upset me, might take me a while, but I'm going to get to you. I'm yeah. probably not going to fix to nobody else yeah. because I value our relationship. Right, right. But, right. you know, Johnny on the street, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, if it's worth saving, you got to be willing to do the work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Number six, they feel personally attacked by something you've said or done. Now, I want to bounce back to number five. Um, <laughs> that, or actually, it wasn't number five. 
Okay, well, we'll look at number five. <laughs> I wanted to make number five that says they compel to vent about something. Venting mm-hmm. is one thing, but this is saying they feel personally attacked mm-hmm. by something you've said or done. They feel attacked, so they attack you with everything they've got. And, you know, this can be, you know, this could be if it was personal or not. Like, it may not be something personal against them. The example that the article uses is about, like, you know, if you have, like, an election sign in your yard, vote for somebody, and then your neighbor doesn't like that person. So now they're talking about you because they want to make up things about you because they've developed opinions about you based on who you want to vote for. Um, which if I see a Trump sign in your yard, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to make things up about you, but I am going to make my mind up about who you are. Okay. So, um, uh, I will say this, this, this poor life decision reminded me how petty I am. <laughs> so this one, I'm like, okay, you're going to attack me. Cool. I will come with fire. <laughs> like, <laughs> So I I just want to, the key point that I want to hone on here with this one, though, is (laughs) you may not have done anything personally to them. The key is they feel it was personal. And that's Mm -hmm. what matters. It may not be real, but if it's real to them, it's real. If this is someone, again, that you care about and you care about salvaging the friendship. Number seven, they feel insecure. Number seven, they feel insecure or jealous around you and don't mind taking you down a peg. Maybe you're making things happen for yourself and they compare their accomplishments to yours. You know, whatever the reason is, they feel as though you cast too big a shadow when you're around and that makes it hard for them to shine. So given the chance to make you less admirable or impressive, they'll take it. I think we've all experienced that in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Number eight, they're unwilling to look inside themselves and deal with their own issues. For many gossips, talking about others takes the pressure off them to deal with their issues. It gives them something else to focus on. I think this is a lot of the reasoning behind my coworker, just how I've seen her operate in the past. I think that's mm-hmm. a lot of her issue. Number nine. Okay, so sometimes, like, there's, like, a benign gossip where I just want to know what other people are dealing with in their lives so that I haven't actually talked to them. That's, like, a thing, right? <laughs> and, and that's what I call... I don't want to say, like, it's okay, but, like, I just... I don't feel guilty in doing that. And I don't look... Mm-hmm down on other people for doing Mm -hmm. that um now if you are coming if you're spreading rumors or something like that then i do kind of look at you a little differently like especially if it's something big and you don't know that it's true just Mm -hmm. it just kind of depends on what it is but like little minor things like like something that somebody put on Facebook and you know how they'll be real cryptic. Well, girl, I want to know what's really going on. So I'm going to call my cousin and be like, did you see someone so post? Okay, so what's yes. she really talking about? And that is gossip, just like any other gossip is. But I don't feel bad about that. I don't know whether I should or not, but I'm just telling the truth and saying I don't. Yeah. What I do think is bad is when I have a friend 
who has put their confidence in me and now I'm telling mm-hmm. somebody else what's going on in their life. That's not okay. Um, mm-hmm. I also think it's bad when you heard on the street a rumor and you are spreading a rumor, especially a damaging rumor. Like there was a mm-hmm. lady that I, uh, she doesn't work in my office, but she works in another office that's in our same field. Anyway, it was a rumor going around about her coming to work intoxicated and her even having like alcohol on the premises and Mm. this same co-worker who was talking about me was talking about her in a way and I was like do we know this to be true right and she was like well no that's just what they say and you know you know and I was like "Mm -mm." I said I really don't like this and I don't even Mm -hmm. like that other woman like straight up don't like her but that is a huge accusation that is more than just us talking about how she might be <laughs> not to say that saying someone is having an affair is not a huge accusation because it is but I'm just saying she ain't gonna get fired for having an affair I don't want to talk about her doing something illegal at work that could get her fired and we don't know yeah. that that's true that's all I'm saying <laughs> I, I feel no way about a potential affair just... right right like I don't either <laughs> I don't but, but you know you know how sometimes you know how the married girlies can be Okay. You're right. <laughs> Number nine. They feel a need to fill an uncomfortable silence with something. We all know these people. Mm. When they're talking to others, they feel exposed. So when the talking stops, the silence feels too much like a microscope. So they're happy to join in if someone has juicy gossip to share, and they'll even contribute if they've got something interesting to add. We all know people like that. Mm-hmm. Number 10, they've been the victim of, number 10, they've been the victim of gossip and are trying to divert attention to you. Again, I feel like this is what my coworker is experiencing. Mm -hmm. Maybe this person feels humiliated and lashes out against you with gossip so people will stop talking about them. Again, it is a diversion tactic, but in this case, it's a bit more desperate. Mm. And number 11, they're struggling with their own identity and projecting their own issues onto you. I also think she is suffering from this one. You're probably probably not the only person they project their perceived flaws onto. We all, to some degree, see in others what we dislike about ourselves. And, you know, I really try to remind myself about this whenever I catch myself not liking someone or being extremely irritated by someone for no apparent reason, I Mm. always stop and say, okay, what is it that I'm seeing in them that I don't like in me? Cause it, cause Mm -hmm. why, why am I having this aversion to this person and they've done nothing to me? Um, I do not to say I always, I'm always good at pinpointing what it is cause I'm not. And I don't want to make it sound, I don't want to make it sound like, I'm always above board because I'm not, but I really do try. I, I honest to God try, which yeah. is what hurt me so bad to find out that this person said something untrue about, cause don't imply that I ain't doing my job, bitch. Like I, that's, that's what hurt me so bad is because I really do try to treat people the way I want to be treated. And so I didn't understand that. All I can say is, Send me her location <laughs> I mean, and you know, I just, I, I should not be shocked. And I'm not shocked. 
mm-hmm. and she has shown me here's the here's the thing she has shown me what kind of friend she is to me before if someone but see, here's, my, here's they my are. problem here's my Leave problem them. with that quote <laughs> that is a good quote i like it whatever but most of the people who really love that quote are people who require the most understanding themselves. There are people who <laughs> come off as really mean abrasive. or really bitchy or really abrasive mm-hmm. or whatever and are really, you know, they require more understanding. So mm-hmm. it's just like uh, <laughs> people really do show you who they are and they show you quite soon within your meeting. But a lot of us, I will say us, even though I'm really not counting me, but a lot of people are looking at the wrong thing when they show you who they are. You're looking at something that you actually can just trump up to circumstance. You're not looking at the mm-hmm. real thing. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I should have known because I should have known. Mm-hmm. Anywho, so Dorian, um, do you have anything you want to add before we move on to the next stage and talk about how to deal with these people? Yeah, I don't know who they are, but I'm already holding a grudge, so don't let me meet them. (laughs) You You know know me. (laughs) It it has been really difficult for me not to give this person the silent treatment. Mm -hmm. It is difficult, but it's not difficult. It's not difficult Mm -hmm. because my office is upstairs, and so I just come Mm -hmm. in and take my ass upstairs. Mm -hmm. But it is difficult because... I do have a lot of empathy for the situation that she's going through right now. She's got a lot Mm -hmm. of personal things going on in her life. She's got, you know, a parent who's not doing too well. And the thing about it is I got a lot of shit too. And just cause I don't sit around and tell y'all my business and I don't, she, for her to be someone that I consider my friend, I don't hardly tell her anything, but that is because Mm -hmm. when I've tried to talk to her in the past, she either like cut me off to start talking about mm-hmm. herself or mm-hmm. answering her phone and I'm just like mm. it was hard enough for me to share I, I broke down this wall to try to share and so that's it but I, I will shouldn't say... have to tell you mm-hmm. what I'm dealing with for you to treat me like a human yeah I will say um, I have been reminded sometimes when I'm even having conversations with friends that I love and I'm trying to talk about my emotions and they change the subject or get off the phone and I'm like, I remember how you say, like, you know, people love you with what they have. Mm-hmm. And that's helped me be, to be a better person. I'd be pissed off at it or hold a grudge. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, don't send me their location because I'm, I'm petty. I'm <laughs> and not. I hold grudges for my friend. <laughs> I, I am such a good friend hold grudger that sometimes people get past it and I'm still holding that grudge for Listen. you. <laughs> where we are alike i very rarely hold a grudge when it comes to myself mm-hmm. it actually takes a lot to i'm very slow to anger for myself mm-hmm. now i'm easily annoyed easily aggravated <laughs> but i'm really slow to anger over me yeah. but you mess with one of my friends one of my loved ones somebody i care about it's up and you want to talk shit you want to write your man okay <laughs> it's up and it's stuck like forever like i'm never going for Ever. That's why I tell my friends, don't come telling me the shit your man do, because I'm telling you. <laughs> I've learned like who to talk to when I'm annoyed with my boyfriend, because the next day I'll be up and I'll be fine. Because I'm telling you, it mad. ain't Because I will, I will be at your wedding, mean mugging his ass. <laughs> like, 
Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a, that's the thing I learned. I'm like, okay, <laughs> these people know that I will wake up the next day and be fine with him. And then these I'm still mad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> so, how do how do what do you do with these people? What can you do when people talk behind your back? As you've probably guessed, it depends on why they're doing it. Think about that before considering the following options. You can call them out, privately of course, for not having the guts to say the words to your face. Ask them why they did it, why they didn't come to you instead, or let them know what you expect from a real friend if they want to be one. Now, those first three steps can be hard because they involve confrontation. But mm-hmm. um, I think that those three are the most important if it is a relationship that you value and want to savage salvage. Especially yeah. if this is, for me, especially if this is a repeat offense. If it's a one-time thing, I'm, I might let it slide. Mm-hmm. You probably shouldn't. You probably shouldn't nip it in the bud, but I'll let it slide. Mm-hmm. But if I see this being a recurring issue and I care about this relationship, confrontation is important. It's hard. It yeah. is hard. And I'm going to tell you it's... this. I'm going to tell you the second hard part is you really need to try to do it face to face. If you can't mm-hmm. do it face to face, a phone call, but do not do emails, do not do text because you cannot gauge someone's mm-hmm. tone in an email or text. It is hard. I would say for me, it requires a lot of vulnerability mm-hmm. and I'm just very guarded. So mm-hmm. <laughs> even though like I'm very open and vulnerable with you and mm-hmm. uh, Becca and all of that, there's still a lot of people that I'm just not willing to be emotional with because yeah. I don't think they're going to accept my emotion. Yeah. Like that's a real th- and same, same, like mm-hmm. same. <laughs> Um, if the gossip is vindictive but not damaging cut it out of your life i.e. cut that person out of your life (laughs) Mm -hmm. if the gossip is damaging make sure those whose opinions matter know the truth so Mm -hmm. this co-worker said something about me that wasn't true to my supervisor but the receptionist was there when all this went down and Mm -hmm. she said that my supervisor was like, um, nah, we've already talked and she's already ahead on this and nah. Mm. So I didn't feel the need to go back and clarify anything with him because he already knew. Mm. I will say too, that while I love the receptionist, I did have to remind her, don't come back and tell me nothing nobody said about me because that ain't none of my business. Yeah. And that's my rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. Honestly, unless it's someone who, which... I do understand why she told me this person Mm -hmm. because again, this is someone who I've been very gracious with and like, like I helped this person a lot in so many Mm -hmm. ways. And I think she just didn't want me to be taken advantage of, but for the most part, don't tell me nobody has said about me. That ain't my business. Mm -hmm. It's just not. Now, if it's somebody you think that's using me or like in this case, someone who I am extremely, like, I don't put myself out for a lot of people, but somebody mm-hmm. that I put myself out for, and mm-hmm. then they do that to me, then I kind of do need to know so I can know the wheel it back. Mm-hmm. 
And, um, you know, also another tactic, which is one that I use a lot, is just save your energy. Save mm-hmm. your energy and let their words echo without a response. Mm-hmm. Because even people who entertain that, even people who may take that and spread, people know. People know. So, if you know the reason behind the gossip, you can choose the best way to respond to it. And that might mean talking to your loose-lipped friend about what they had to say. Whatever you do, remember to consider both short-term and long-term consequences. What Mm -hmm. results you're going for and what it'll take to get them. Doyen, you have anything to say to close this out? Well, um, just protect your energy. That's all I yes. can say. <clears throat> I know. Mm-hmm. It's it's too much going on. It's too much. The whole world is falling apart. Falling apart. The recession finna come. Weather sucks. Too much. <laughs> so, <laughs> protect your energy where you can. <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's right. All right, Doya. So, tell the people how they can talk. To- Wait. Is that what comes? No. no. It's listen, part of the- <laughs> listen, 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 Linda, Linda, listen. It's that big ass glass of wine. <laughs> so, instead of that, why don't we move on to our favorite part of the show? <laughs> the buy you a dream. <sighs> All right. Um, where's my we'll phone? start this segment without judgment because I've had a lot of wine as well. Um, but I want to buy a drink for Chris's eyebrows and her bun because they just be like on point every day. Like her eyebrows are always <laughs> sisters and not cousins, not like third removed cousins. They but just be I on also, point. <laughs> I wear big glasses to hide the fact that sure they're sisters, but they're not twins. <laughs> it's okay twins are especially biological <laughs> twins they're weird they're freaking nature but um their yeah, eyebrows be popping Thank i you. just i aspire to getting my eyebrows done so they can look like yours oh i literally have no eyebrows i just draw them on every morning yeah. <laughs> this is the again these are the things i aspire to is to get my eyebrows done so i don't have to draw them or fill Me them too. anymore I've seen seen several people like in that I know in real life who've gotten them done and they look good, and I'm tempted to try it. The only thing that has me hesitant is like Mm -hmm. it's a lot of money for a process that you go that you have to do again. The weird thing about it is sometimes you get them done and they look really aggressive, and then like a year later they look good, and so it's like, do you want to refill it? Or do you want to just keep? Anyways, <laughs> yeah. it's a gamble for sure. But um, I would like, especially I already paid getting my lashes done, so I like my lashes and my brows done, and then that way I don't feel like I have to put makeup on every day because I don't like it. I mean, <laughs> I like makeup. I don't like the having to put makeup on. Anymore. Yeah, no, a a brow will take you a long way, a long way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the drink. I will drink two of them. I had to pull out my phone because I made a note of my drinks so I wouldn't forget. Mm-hmm. So I have mm-hmm. two drinks. My first drink is for Myers dish soap. Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. That Myers. Mm-hmm. It make you want to <laughs> wash dishes. 
It just do. <laughs> my favorite is the honeysuckle, which is what I got now. And mm-hmm. I like the honeysuckle and I like the peony. I guess that's how you say it. Peony. Peony. Um, so those are my two saves. But it just makes you want to wash dishes. Don't fuck around and get the home spray and the hand soap. It's... See, <laughs> I've never had... I don't think I've ever had the the home spray. I've had the hand soap. It's like seven dollars, but it's, it's everything. I've, I've had the candles, and the candles they don't be candling the way I want my candles to candle. No, the home spray is gonna home spray exactly how you want it really? to home spray. I buy the jug of the dish soap. Like I order the jug. And then this is so not cost effective for me because I'm very heavy handed. So I'm the type of person that like I squeeze and squeeze. Like my dishwater got to be soapy, soapy, soapy. <laughs> like I got to know I'm killing all the germs. Yeah, you have to adjust for that when you have a man in your house. Just buy Ajax. <laughs> they go use all your soap. And then you're going to be mad. <laughs> I, pro- I would definitely be mad if it was somebody else. But I bet you I use dish soap the way he does because I just, <laughs> I squeeze till my heart's content. Um, My second drink is going to be for, damn it, I still don't have a drum roll on here. I keep forgetting to add it. Okay. <laughs> the Return of Abbott Elementary. <laughs> have you watched the first episode yet? No, but I'm going to watch it today. It was good. It was good. Also, Bob's Burgers is back. <laughs> oh. Which also makes me happy. <laughs> I did not know that Bob's Burgers ever took a break. <laughs> yeah, they do. Oh. I know because I watched it and then it was over. So then I watched it again. <laughs> I just watch it. I just watch it on TV. So like, I don't know where mm-hmm. I'm starting from. Um, and I feel like Hulu knows what they're doing. So, like, when I try to watch it at night, they go, like, one episode, and they're like, you still watching? And I'm not, because I'm asleep. So then they shut it off. <laughs> and I'm like, I, hate I pay y'all. <laughs> I pay y'all every month. Like, <laughs> keep my shit on. <laughs> I mean, if I'm up and watching something, it will play all day. But as yeah. soon as I decide, okay, because sometimes I want to play Will and Grace while I take a nap. One episode, right. and then here they come. No, yeah. I'm asleep. Keep playing. What is, yeah, what is up? It's not stuck. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Okay, Doyen. Finally. <laughs> finally. Tell the people how they can talk to us. <laughs> okay, we're going to tell you this quick, fast, because I have to pee now. Um, but <laughs> we are on the Instagram as Poor Life Decision. It's the same name as our Etsy page. Once again, Go buy you some cute stuff. Go buy um may contain alcohol sticker for your water bottle. Cause you know, mm-hmm. you never know what's happening in your water bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also on the Twitter, it's PLD Pod. Um, we keep you lit with the TV tweets, but also just updates about different episodes. So just give us a check out. Um you can always email us at hello at poorlifedecision.com. Tell us about some topics that you want to talk about, and we're definitely happy to discuss. Mm, perfect and i just want to remind everyone to be sure you go to apple Podcasts or spotify leave us a glowing review give us five stars because the others do not work take five a star chicks that's right take a screenshot <laughs> drop it in our dm so that uh Doya can send you a wonderful treat 
and just uh thank y'all for tuning in sunscreen water all that good stuff i finally that bought vitamin some vitamin d, d. i finally thank got you. some i have Yay. not started taking it but i got it i got that and it's... probiotics y'all ain't finna be able to tell me shit okay. it's about to come <laughs> it's like, like maybe a week or two until daylight savings ends and then we have to like live in darkness my favorite time March. of the year my favorite time of the year. I love the dark. Okay, we love y'all, and we'll see you next week. Bye. I love y'all. When I woke up in the pee.